Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. All right. I am excited to have today's topic on the table because it's one that I wish I had had. I wish this podcast was something I could have listened to, or my mom could have listened to decades ago. So today we are talking about preparing young girls for their cycle and their period, and just maybe taking a more empowered approach rather than maybe how I entered my cycle and period, which was clueless <laughs> so uh, and afraid. So I have Nora here, who is a functional registered dietitian who specializes in gut and hormone health. Her goal is to help you feel at home in your body. And she's on a mission to spread menstrual empowerment to people of all ages. Nora has training in nutrition from Penn State and her MS from NYU. She now runs her own virtual private practice with group and one-on-one care sessions to help her clients heal from the inside out. You can follow her on Instagram at nutrition with Nora and her website and everything I will put in the show notes. She also has a a podcast with my friend, Monica from Maria, and it's called the flow state podcast. And so I I've listened to episodes. I've enjoyed it too. And I use Maria. And, um, so I'm a big fan and I have two young girls who I'm sure they'd love me telling this, but they've both entered their cycle. And, um, it's been really interesting to watch the differences, but also just the differences in decades of from me yeah. to them. So Nora, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to share this info as we were just briefly talking about is this is information that everybody deserves to have access to and should. It shouldn't be a privilege. It shouldn't be it's something that we're fortunate enough to hear. And honestly, I do believe that things are changing. People are beginning to wake up and learn how important our menstrual cycle is. It's now being nicknamed like our sixth vital sign and a monthly report card, all of these things. But this is a conversation for everyone. And I want to give this kind of intro to like a a intro health class, or I call this meet your cycle, because again, this is the foundational basic information knowledge that we should all have. And even when I share this with people in their twenties and their thirties, they're like, I never knew that. Absolutely. <laughs> so that was me. Today. <laughs> exactly. And it's for everyone, you know, like share this episode with your kids, share it with your daughters, your niece, your friend, whomever, your son, like everybody should listen to this to have empathy and understanding and knowledge just around the woman, woman's body. Like it's so important. Yes. And I will say my girls coming into their period, it was interesting to see the fear, which I think, you know, because 
of media and how women are depicted in, you know, we're crazy and all, of, you know, a lot gets blamed on our periods. And yet I am a woman with a period and I do feel bigger emotions during certain times when my hormones are more elevated. And so it was interesting, just even this morning, driving my girls to their dads, I said, I'm doing this podcast with a gal and we're talking about preparing young girls. And, you know, what are some of the things that surprised you about when you entered this cycle? And my 14 year old said, just how overwhelming the emotions mm. are. And she said, it was just so overwhelming in the first few months because I wasn't prepared that it wasn't like her thoughts weren't necessarily accurate always or her own. It was just really exaggerated. And so it was cute to hear her like, I know it was just so big and it felt so real. And also she's learned how to track her cycle. She takes Berea and she's really trying to own her cycle and follow my lead. I'm still trying to own my cycle. And, and it is, it's a report card, like you said, of how am I doing? Exactly. And I love if you can share that message too, and you're mirroring it, like you're, you are demonstrating it for her. And that story of PMS or these wild, scary emotions or sensations doesn't have to be true. That doesn't have to be your story. And I think just because of media, in a sense, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse for a lot of Mm -hmm. reasons, of course, but even if there is this awareness, you might see the extremes. We're probably not seeing from people reporting the the status quo or the normal. And I'm sure as a teenager, that can also be really intimidating of not even knowing like, what is this stuff in my underwear that is coming out every single day? Um, Is this weird? Do I have a yeast infection? Like that's the info that I think we should honestly be sharing. And that's what I'm, I'm going to talk about today. It's just really the things that we can expect when we're entering into this phase of life and how to avoid pregnancy naturally, how to have less PMS, how to understand those big emotions, like you said, but we're dynamic beings. Like those hormones can be our superpower. And that's how I really like to view things is that it doesn't have to be a hindrance. It doesn't have to keep us from competing or performing on a test or not being sociable. And just understanding like this roller coaster that we experience on a monthly ish basis and what to kind of expect in that time as well. I love that. And I want all of that. And I want my (laughs) girls to feel that. And um, my youngest said one thing that she wasn't prepared for is just how, I mean, she's like three months into this. And so she's like, it's just, I'm, I never know. It's like a surprise when it's going to come because she's younger and it isn't maybe as regular as it has been for me as an adult. And so being prepared is a big thing for her. And, you know, whether we're at school or we have stuff in the car or at her dad's wherever, Um, so where, where do you start when you go around and you're speaking to these young, I guess it's just young gals, Mm -hmm. but I do like the idea that, yes, I would love the men, the boys there too, to learn. Um, but where do you even start to help them to not be afraid? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
uh, where I like to begin the conversation is just starting to bring in some body awareness that you might be noticing some changes happening to your body before that period even shows up. And for young women assigned at birth is today, how we're going to be talking about genders is how people are born at birth. So when women are entering into the beginning stages of puberty, they might notice even some changes in their shape of their nipple or Mm -hmm. some breast tissue starting to form maybe some hair in new places to you. Maybe that's in your pubic area or your armpits or even around your nipple area. Noticing those things, we might say, okay, where where are these changes coming from? And that's where we can think our number one hormone is called estrogen. So that's the main driver of our cycle. There are two main hormones that I like to talk about today. We have hundreds of different hormones in our body functioning at all times. And that's why we are these awesome dynamic beings. But our menstrual cycle is mainly regulated by two different hormones. So estrogen, and this is how I like to envision, I'm a super visual learner. So I imagine estrogen doing its job and what it's doing, it's almost building up like this cushion where the whole point of us getting a period is to potentially have a baby. That doesn't mean we have to, no matter what age you are, you don't have to have children, but that's the reason that we get a cycle in the first place is for the potential to create and house and grow and nourish a potential baby, which like, we just talk about how amazing that is. Like, <laughs> Our bodies literally create another human being. Like we have the materials, the ingredients inside of us to grow another human being. Like, yeah. It's wild. Wow. <laughs> So that estrogen, every day it's building up this nice cushiony bed is what I envision. Mm. And when we're first getting our cycle and why it can be totally erratic, you can have cycles that last as long as 21 days, as long as 45 days. So this is really different during adolescence. And when we start to get our puberty or go through our, our puberty and start getting our period versus adulthood. And it can take 10 to 12 years for things to normalize. That's a huge thing that I did not know growing up or understand. That's a long time for your body to like figure things out, to develop this rhythm of what we can expect in our most quote fertile years, that time period where you're most likely to create another human being. Okay. That is just wild. I have to just say (laughs) my own personal experience. Yeah. I did have my period later in my teenage years. And then I got married really young. I got married at 19 Mm -hmm. and my period was all over the place. And that first year, I mean, I took, um, birth control, the depot shot, which then had all these lawsuits after, (laughs) um, (laughs) But I, I had a period for every day of my first year of marriage mm-hmm. because, you know, who knows, maybe it was the mix of I hadn't had my period for 10 years, or it was the fact that I had taken the depot shot. Um, but it was, it was a really rough time for my body. Mm-hmm. And the doctor just kept giving me different kinds of birth control. Maybe try yeah. this. Let's stop your period. Let's stop this. Exactly. And, and it was just such a different 
way of going about, you know, I was young. I had no idea. I was not educated on my body. I didn't connect to my body very well. And so I just kept taking different birth controls and finally said after a year, this isn't helping. And I just, the, the emotions that are coming from all of these, the side effects of the, the birth control weren't worth it for me. And so I went off everything and I just let my body be. And soon enough, I, it started to find the rhythm Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I couldn't have babies for eight years. And so who knows what that was, if it was the depot shot, which did cause infertility, but, um, just interesting to think of it that way. Like I got married so young, it wasn't even probably in a cadence already, you know, Mm -hmm. at that point. Exactly. And I mean, there's so, so much, and I appreciate sharing your story. And I think understanding too, that everybody's experience is so unique with this. And I, I kind of have a similar story as well and how I even became super passionate about this work. And I was almost 15 when I got my period, I was a competitive gymnast for 10 years. And as soon as I quit and started to have some body changes, that's when my body felt safe enough to start to have a period. But mine too, I was getting it every two weeks. I was, I had really, really heavy bleeding. I missed 18 days of my freshman year of high school because of my period. And when I went to the doctor, they were like, take birth control. Like that's easy. It's an easy fix. And you know what? It, it worked, but I didn't know any of the side effects. And if I could have looked back, if if future me could have told 14 year old me, what would happen when I came off of the pill? I don't know if I would have made the same choice. I'm grateful for the tool. It's a, it's a beautiful tool that exists and has done a lot for women's rights and all of the things, but knowing that it's, it is a band-aid solution. It is not addressing the issues of your period problems, right? Like when we have hormone issues, that is our body sending us these signals that something is going off, something's going on in there. And by taking the pill or the depot shot or the NuvaRing or the IUD, that is masking and it's not allowing our body to cycle naturally. And there's so many benefits to cycling naturally. So from ovulation, which is the midpoint in our cycle where the egg is released, that's where we get all of these benefits of protecting our bone health, protecting our brain health, preventing future breast disease risk. So reducing risk of breast cancers. There are so many benefits from ovulation. And when we're on any type of hormonal birth control, that suppresses ovulation. We do not ovulate. It turns off the communication pathway from our brain to our ovaries where those hormones are being made. So I think even even knowing that, that like, I think when we think about a period, it's just like gross, dirty, you know, there's so much negativity that comes with it. But what if we could learn that Mm -hmm. it's actually a positive thing and even showing up with this gratitude of like, this means that my body could potentially do this incredible thing. I'm not trying to make sunshines and rainbows out of something that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of individuals, but just understanding the whole, (laughs) the whole reason behind it in the first place And what I want to give today too, are these tools to help manage and regulate things and not have it be that debilitating 
terrible thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. PMS is so premenstrual symptoms are so normalized, but they are not, they don't, they should not be there. They like they're, they're common. They are not normal. That's how it should be phrased. <laughs> common, but not normal. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> um, I've, I've seen my own self and that's why my daughters are taking Maria now. Yeah. Um, some of the changes, and I know it's different for everyone, the changes that can come from taking a supplement, but I am, I'm 42, almost 43 years old. And I want, I think I would say only the last five or six years I've been connected to my cycle in tracking it. And this is all new for me still. And it is, there's some regret in that. Like, why didn't I take some responsibility over my body, you know, so many years ago and why didn't I explain things to my partner? And it's funny to see even my journal, the cycle of when I journal is Mm. when I'm about to start my period and everything's just bigger and stronger. And I looked at a lot of that as blaming him Mm. rather than looking at where was I at? Well, you know, and luckily I have some tools to go and work through those big emotions, but yeah, Maria has helped me with a lot of that in being able to stay more like the small roller coaster, yeah. not the loop-de-loo and wild ride that sometimes I, I've been on. I love that. Yeah. And we're, you know, in those days leading up to our cycle, it's when we have majority of our hormones. Mm-hmm. So when we're in that high hormone phase, you can be more critical, self-critical, and even of your surroundings. So you might absolutely love your partner at some points in your cycle. And then the other points you're like, they, they can't do anything right. <laughs> yes. I, I don't even want to be around anyone, let alone you, let alone yeah. me, you know, like even just having that understanding, like you were saying about your, your one daughter's experience and knowing that that's actually okay. Like it's okay mm-hmm. to have those thoughts and validating them, putting them on paper, journaling about it and being able to even see the cyclical pattern. Mm-hmm. So validating to say, okay, nothing's wrong with me. I'm not broken. I'm experiencing these big feelings and that's okay. Where, where is a safe place to put them? Because yes. for some individuals too, those big feelings can mean big, scary things too. scarier thoughts, self-harm thoughts hurting other people thoughts. And, you know, that's where we need some support. So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, that's a whole part of this conversation and understanding that, that ride that we get to experience. Well, and you know, we all have that inner critic and Mm -hmm. the inner mean girl. And so just for my daughters and myself, um, I find a lot of help in naming things. And so naming my period, naming, um, that little critical voice when it's stronger than normal and just like, Hey, I hear you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear, I hear the mean. Um, but one of my friends was saying during the time leading up to her period, she said, I can't even look in the mirror sometimes because I just rip myself apart. Mm And it's not her norm, right? That's like, normally she loves herself and loves her body. And then right then it's just so critical that everything is wrong. And well, I hate my hair and I hate this, whatever. Um, But it's the awareness Mm -hmm. of that instead of if we're not even aware 
of the cycle that we are on that it just feels like it's all the time. Yeah. And out and, of our control. Yes. And-, and we're just who, what's wrong with us? Why do I get so mean? And why do I want to be around people? And then I don't want to be around people. Um, the awareness for me unlocks a lot of the power and that superpower that you're saying we, we want and, and want to have. Um, I'll tell you an experience the other day. I like to roller skate and I go, uh, roller skate mostly when no one's around. Um, but sometimes I've been going with my boyfriend and we go at night and it's a very different experience. It's very social, more dancey, more loud, more fun. And we went a few weeks ago and we were in our own little world. We were dancing, we were having fun. We leave and people are like, Oh, you guys were so cute together. It's so fun. And I was like, yeah, that was so much fun. Well, we go the week of my period. (laughs) I was not the same person. And I just, I like, I could hear the inner mean girl as I'm going around skating. Like I look so dumb. He look Mm -hmm. how good he is. Look how dumb I look. Um, I should probably not skate by him because I'm like taking from his energy. And I just went and sat down and I was like, Ashlyn, like, stop (laughs) it. Like, what is your problem? He, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. about those things. I'm actually not a bad skater. I was just beating myself up. And so I said, maybe on the weeks of my period, I don't go to those social skate nights because that was so much mental gymnastics for me to just work through, even though I'm very aware it's my added mean girl, you know, she's a little heightened then I still was like, yeah, I didn't feel great. And I'd rather just stay home and maybe take a bath you know, that's my, that's my jam. (laughs) I love, and thank you for such a perfect vignette of just how different in the same month, doing the same thing with the same people can be a completely different experience, just dependent on where we are. Mm -hmm. We did a, an episode in this second season, just like cycle syncing and learning different activities, including social things, including movement, including nutrition, that is best for each phase of your cycle. So definitely tune into that episode on flow state, but just to kind of give a brief overview of what our, our cycle actually looks like. So I I started talking about, you know, estrogen is this driver. It's pretty much the main control of the length of our cycle and the things that are happening that building up that cushy bed, like I was talking about. So the first half of our whole cycle is called the follicular phase. And within the follicular phase includes menstruation or when we are actively bleeding. So the first day of our period, when you have true flow, not like spotting, not brown stuff leading up to it, that's our old cycle. The first true day of bleeding is day one of our cycle. So if you are going to start tracking, waiting until that next bleed and knowing that that's day one of your cycle. From being on birth control to me, that was the last part of my cycle. That's like, mm. was ingrained in my head, but it's actually day one. <laughs> okay. So those, those, that first day of bleeding is day one and the bleed itself can last anywhere from two days to seven or even eight days for some people. And again, especially as teens or even earlier into adulthood, that's bleed length can really vary quite dramatically, but normal to have anywhere from two days to seven days of bleeding. So that's our menstrual phase. And then we're still in our folliculars. I picture it as like an umbrella. Mm -hmm. So the the bleed is half of 
that follicular phase approximately, and then the remaining days leading up to what's called ovulation, which is where an egg from our ovaries will travel down our fallopian tubes and into our uterus, where that is the only time that we are actually fertile. So there is this about five to six day window where you can actually get pregnant. And I think this is a big difference between pre-puberty, puberty, and adulthood, where I know my biggest takeaway from my sex ed health in high school is you can get pregnant at any time. And when you hear that in adulthood, that's not true. But when you are in your earlier stages of just getting your cycle, that can be true. And it's because we have this erratic, mm, it's not consistent. <laughs> so you could I hear literally, so I'm like, I don't know what's true. You could bleed for two or three days and then end up ovulating a few days later. Whereas maybe in adulthood, you bleed for a few days and then you don't ovulate for another 10 to 14 days. So it's really the difference in that, that stretch of our follicular phase that is going to be the difference in when you can get pregnant or when you cannot get pregnant. Okay. I do want to give this time to say that, especially for teens and individuals that are listening, if you are old enough or you're responsible enough to become sexually active and you're trying to avoid pregnancy, knowing that the only way you can completely avoid pregnancy is to not have sex. That's called abstinence. <laughs> I have to give this conversation here. And then below that, using a barrier method like a condom is going to be our next best bet. Again, if you choose or do not choose to be on birth control, knowing that these are our options and knowing that you have choices is really important. Consent always also for anyone that's listening every single time, mm -hmm. every single time. And whoever your partner is, before they finish or ejaculate, they need to be outside of you so that you are not at chance of becoming pregnant, if that's your goal. So I just want to give that, that conversation when we're talking about ovulation. So that's about midpoint through our cycle. And then the second half of our cycle is called our luteal phase. And this is where both estrogen and then the second hormone that we haven't talked about yet is called progesterone. So progesterone is actually created by the outside part where the egg is released. So I'm keeping things really simple here, but the outside kind of case that the egg is traveling through once it releases the egg, that outside case starts making this hormone progesterone. And progesterone is our calming hormone where estrogen can make us feel a little bit more anxious, a little buzzy, full of excitement. So that can also be a sign when things are off as you might be noticing a little bit more anxiety than normal. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and progesterone is that calming effect. So it's the, the opposite of that. And that lasts for about two-ish weeks, our luteal phase. And then our bleed starts again. So for teens, again, I said anywhere between 21 to 45 days can be that whole cycle from day mm -hmm. one when you start bleeding to the next time you start bleeding. So that's normal for a teen. Normal. <laughs> oh, and it's, yeah. Um, okay. So I love that 
Yeah. I just love this. I wish I had something. I do remember going to men the menstruation demonstration thing in elementary, but it was so awkward. And yeah, I don't know why they make it like, this is so scary and no boys are allowed. And um, so I appreciate this conversation and our ability to start talking about the uncomfortable because it's actually not uncomfortable. These are our exactly. bodies and we should all be prepared. So um, I know for me, if you just have boys, maybe you aren't even listening to this episode, but <laughs> if you have young boys, um, I do think it's so important for them to just understand how a woman's body works, especially as they're in middle school and high school, they're going to be dating girls, being around girls. Uh, I remember seeing um, on Upworthy that uh, a mother of boys had taught her son to help women if they ever, if he ever saw that they, she was leaking. Mm -hmm. And so think of, I mean, I think we all have a story of leaking somewhere embarrassing. And for um, this young boy who was taught by a good mom saying, Hey, go give her your sweatshirt. She can tie it around her waist. Just so like, that's what he did. He sees her on the bus that she stood up, had blood on her pants and just said, Hey, here's my sweatshirt tied around your waist. He didn't call her out, make it weird. It was just, this is a normal thing. And instead of being embarrassed or making fun of, Amazing. I'm going to help her out. And so I think it's just important for them to understand it's not scary and there are ways that they can show up and be more empathetic so that when they do, if they do choose to marry a woman, understand the cycle and understand um, how to help. Uh, I We've talked about it before in podcasts, but just I track on my app and I know there's apps that share with partners. Mine mm -hmm. doesn't share with a partner, but I just let them know like, hey, this is where we're at. We plan trips around my cycle. Um, there's certain things because we want to be able to enjoy, you know, I can't go hike a mountain really hard when I'm on my cycle. I don't feel the same. I'm tired. And so- <laughs> We plan around it. And I think it's important. I didn't really let my former partner in on that world with me. It was just, I was on my own kind of, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's fair to a partnership. I couldn't agree more. And such a beautiful story sharing about that mom. Like think of how kind and beautiful this world could be if we had yeah. people like that and just having that level of compassion, not just around our periods, but and the shame for yeah, us as women, exactly. like, because it is, yes, every one of us has got to have a story of, I am embarrassed. I got pushed in a pool when I was wearing a pad in mm. middle school. And I just remember being like, this is so embarrassing, but yeah. no one even knew, yeah. you know, no one knew. Um, but for me, it was the end of the world in that moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, and we're, we're the most critical on ourselves too. We were talking about this earlier. It's Yes, yeah, it can be hard. I would, I think just in terms of like the bleed itself, I just wanted to share some things that you can expect too. Okay. So yeah, let's hear it. Like in those two to seven days of bleeding, what the blood should actually look like. So it, it should actually be the consistency of maple syrup where it's, okay. it's like thin enough to pour. If you're noticing clots or big kind of clumps of blood in your bleed, that can be a sign that we need some support, especially for 
we'll talk about some anti-inflammatory foods and things that can help with that. Um, but that's where like, okay, that could be cause for concern where you do want to tell your mom, your dad, or someone, maybe your doctor that this is going on. So just, just for info there. And then in terms of how much blood we should really be losing, it's about 10 fully soaked tampons or pads, five super tampons. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but please choose cotton, organic, unscented period products, please. (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't be putting anything scented down there, even like washes or soaps or again, nothing fragranced that can actually make things worse. It can throw things off down there. It does a really good job of cleaning itself. So just water is actually enough to keep us clean. If you're noticing really strong odors, like a fish smell, or even just feeling off, that can also mean maybe a sign of infection or like a yeast infection. So it's not supposed to smell like flowers. Don't, don't think so. <laughs> and, and keeping that area clean by itself, nothing extra. Which again, uh, important for both female and males to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank exactly. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, those are, those are some really important things in terms of what the bleed should look like. And the, the blood itself can change color over the course of the days that we are bleeding. It can go from a brighter, more dark red cranberry color to lighter color as it gets less and less, or it might get darker too, if it's starting to show some of that older blood from even Mm -hmm. our past cycles. And when that blood is exposed to air, it turns darker. So that's all normal, normal, normal. Yeah. Um, and the app that I use Avia, it does ask all of those things. And so I appreciate it because when you do go to the doctor, you have all this data that you can go back and look at, um, and keep track of. Okay. So I have a question. Um, when, before my daughters had started their cycle, I do remember them coming, you know, as they're entering puberty and saying, what is this stuff? Mm-hmm. And it was so cute. I was like, I love that you're asking because I never, yeah. never dared ask anything like that to my mom. Um, but it was just cervical norm. Yeah. Yep. It was very normal. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you asked. And um, my one daughter really didn't like it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, it's part of being a human, but um, we got her period underwear. Yeah. And so she ended up, she hadn't started her period and didn't for a while, but she would wear period underwear when she'd notice that this mucus was showing up and it helped her feel more confident and comfortable. And I would have never thought to even offer that to her had she not asked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, if you go from feeling dry or not seeing anything in your underwear to starting to notice this and what it can look like in different parts of our cycle is almost like a little bit of lotion or this kind of creamy consistency and it will dry or it might be in little clumps again depending on where you are in your cycle and even around ovulation another sign from our body to tell us that we are fertile is it's actually more clear colored and very very slippery so that's our fertile mucus where maybe you go to wipe and your toilet paper just slides right back 
So that can be another sign from your body, but totally, if if you're going from one experience, I even have individuals where they're coming off of birth control and their body is starting to make its own hormones again, and things are coming back online and they're like, whoa, this is like a totally new sensation. I feel like I'm peeing my pants. What do I do about it? I see the same thing. Yeah. If you want to wear a little bit of a light absorbent period underwear or something, until you start to get accustomed to it. And you might just get used to that sensation and learning again, like, okay, this is a sign to me that I'm in this part of my cycle and Mm -hmm. just noticing that. But that's part of our self kind of cleaning mechanism down there is having that discharge. So totally normal, healthy, happy things happen. Okay. What else do girls uh, need to be prepared for? Yeah. I think knowing again, that we talked about in the beginning of PMS or those premenstrual symptoms are common, but not normal. You don't have to have debilitating cycles. You don't have to have the cramps, the lower back pain, the fatigue, the acne, the headaches, any of those maybe unfavorable things that we think about leading up to our cycle. And that, that is where I do really like Maria or being on a really high quality multivitamin. That's going to help all of those nutrients, things like magnesium, zinc, selenium, all of the things really help our body make all the building blocks necessary, but it is also helpful for that anti-inflammatory nature. So our period is a little bit of inflammation or there's some like irritation in there. That's why you can even have a change in your stool patterns. You might notice in the day when you start your period or the day leading up to it, you might have looser stools. We call them period poops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's because everything down there is so close together. So if there's a little bit of inflammation or irritation going on in there, it's quite normal. Again, I'm using this word normal to have those looser stools. There are things we can do to help support that. So some of my favorite foods that we can be incorporating, I am a registered dietitian. So I always like to talk about food, of course, anything that we can incorporate to reduce inflammation. So my favorites is especially salmon. Even doing a canned salmon is going to be a great option. I like sardines. Not everybody is on boards. That is a (laughs) more unique one, but super high in what are called omega-3 fatty acids, which is very anti-inflammatory. Other things that also contain those omega-3s are chia seeds. So maybe your your child likes chia seed pudding that you could do for breakfast. That's going to have so many benefits helping them go to the bathroom easily also help with this inflammation and can help with their hormones. A lot of the nuts and seeds like walnuts, um, zinc, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, ground flax is my favorite. I add that into everything. Anytime I make a smoothie salad, I put it in my oatmeal. That's a great one where that fiber is really helpful, but also that anti-inflammatory property. Also things like ginger, if your child or somebody likes ginger tea or turmeric, turmeric is an amazing anti-inflammatory food. So things like golden milk, have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Golden milk I do like golden Delicious. milk. <laughs> yeah. Doing those things and having it in the week leading up to your period, when you might be experiencing more of those symptoms, okay. those foods are going to be really, really helpful. And then some just kind of like general tips that is going to help to prevent PMS as well. If you are drinking a lot of caffeine that can annoying or exacerbate a lot of those symptoms (laughs) for many different reasons. That's there's, we actually did a caffeine episode on flow state as well. Um, 
having a lot of sugar can be inflammatory as well. Now, I am a firm believer in quality of life. And that to me also includes having some sugar in there personally, <laughs> Same, <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything in moderation, of course, is a not very helpful phrase to say because moderation <laughs> to you is different than moderation to me, but that that's true. for you to decide. <laughs> but knowing that that's something that can be helpful if you're dealing with a lot of period quote problems or PMS is maybe dialing back on that sugar, maybe swapping out your Starbucks drink so that it's not the venti frap yeah. cookie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, alcohol, if, if anyone is drinking alcohol, that's something that can make our cycles a lot more challenging or difficult. And even smoking, if anyone is out there engaging in that, it's something that's not going to be very beneficial for our period or our health. Um, moving our body is so helpful. <laughs> any, any type of exercise, even participating in stretching or yoga, some form of gentle movement, especially when we're on our period is actually going to help your body to get things out and keep things moving. That's really important with that. I always talk about hydration. So getting enough water in as well is going to be really helpful to also flush things out. It goes hand in hand with being able to go to the bathroom, which when we go number two, that's the way that our body is getting rid of excess hormones. So mm. if you're constipated and my definition of constipation is not going to the bathroom every day, which I also think is not something that is very much talked about as a child, you know, once you get to a certain age and you're able to go to the bathroom on your own, your parent might not be asking you how often you're going to the bathroom. But going to the bathroom every day is so helpful for our periods. Sleep. So, <laughs> so helpful. Um, even sweating. So that goes back to the movement recommendation. Um, screen time, avoiding screens an hour before bed, an hour after waking up. That goes with our sleep recommendation. And then the last thing I did want to talk about really, really briefly is just the beauty products and a lot of what their products and things in our environment that can actually mimic our body's own hormones. So I'm not going to go too deep into this. We also have an episode on this on the flow state called endocrine disruptors, but these are things that we're putting on or in our body. A lot of cosmetics, hair products, uh, laundry detergents, cleaning products, things that can be throwing off our cycle. So if you're experiencing period quote problems, this is something to really dive into looking for some cleaner, more natural beauty products that can help just minimize the number of things that our body has to process or mm. use its resources to, this word has so much buzz around it, detoxify. We have natural systems, organs in our bodies that help us to process these things like our liver, our kidneys, when we go to the bathroom, all of the things. You don't need to be drinking green juice or green powders or whatnot, um, but helping just supporting those pathways and minimizing those outside sources. So check your makeup, your shampoo, your hairspray, your nail polish. And what are they, what are they looking for that would oh. be like alert. <laughs> yeah. So things that are parabens, these like are, they get pretty nitty gritty. Um, sulfates, even things like BPAs where you might see cans now labeled like BPA free. 
uh, swapping even our kitchen storage containers from using plastics to using glass, for example. So most of them are found in plastics. And then again, in a lot of these beauty products. So that's, that is a big, big area that I would just say looking for more natural beauty products. I like this reference. It's called the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep. And so the abbreviation is EWG. And you can look on all of your different beauty products to see, okay, this one is, has a good score and this is a more natural brand to use. So that's a huge, huge, can be, I will just say an overwhelming topic. So something to kind of tread lightly into, but just acknowledging that that's something that can also be impacting our internal regulation of our hormone status. Okay, great. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It, There is, there's a lot for us to understand about ourselves and what's going on around us so that we can turn it into a superpower. So I love this. Um, I'm just going to add, um, because I've tried so many different things. Um, and so have my girls actually, but, um, I've tried pads, I've tried tampons, I've done menstrual cups and menstrual discs and period underwear. Um, because I just, I want to figure out what works best for me. And I use a period cup. I use the bloody buddy cup and, um, I use period underwear for like the little after, or just to sleep in. Um, and my girls use the same things and we just got a magnesium spray that I, they, the bloody buddy sent to me. And I thought this is not real. Um, but my sister was over and she's like, I have really bad cramps and my back hurts. She's on her period. And I said, try this thing. I tried it. And I found that anyways, she just sprayed it on. And I, 10 minutes later, I said, how are you feeling? And she's like, oh my gosh, I forgot it does work. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of just finding products that work yeah. for us in supporting this cycle that we get to embark on. And, um, I heard, uh, one of my clients the other day say, I am so grateful that I still get to have a period mm-hmm. at the age that I'm at. Cause she's in her late forties. And, um, as much as we can get annoyed and frustrated with that time of our month where we are bleeding, it can also be that reminder that our body is working and our body is capable of functioning the way that it was meant to be functioning. So yay for that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. During those, those fertile years. And it, I think this conversation needs to also be said for people going through the reverse entering into menopause too. There's not often a lot of support around menopause, yeah. which uh, is a whole other topic than what we covered today. But, you know, just my biggest thing I would love to leave you with is that everybody is unique. Every story is individualized to you. And at the end of the day, you know, your body better than anybody else. So if anyone tries to dismiss anything that you are feeling, fire them, like that should not be your doctor. If they're not going to listen to what you are experiencing or what you, what your body is telling you and and lean into that your own, you are your own health advocate and finding a provider that is going to listen and validate what you're feeling and help to support you. That's what we need. Yes. I love that. And we just have so many more opportunities and like you have virtual help. Yeah, We just didn't have that years ago. And so 
I, there really is just an opportunity for us to ask, ask your friends, ask, you know, ask around if people are finding relief, what are they doing? So thank you for being here and go follow Nora and go listen to her podcast. And I will put my discount codes in the show notes for Maria and the bloody cup, bloody buddy cup and magnesium. So, all right. Thanks, Nora. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.